This is Unsocial Spectators with Clay Harrison and Mark Ramsey. And uh, you can find us at unsocialspectators.com and also at unspectators on Twitter. And welcome to episode 57 of Unsocial Spectators. Hello, hello. Hey now. Uh, so, this week we're doing 2009. Yes, and I had the weirdest double feature. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Uh, the first movie was Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh-huh. The, West, the first Wes Anderson uh, movie. These, what's weird is like I really enjoyed the both movies I watched. I watched Fantastic Mr. Fox, and then we watched Crank Two, High Voltage. Just <laughs> I know the on the weird spectrum. Okay, but but and both bum me the fuck out. Like I got like I as I read into detail about stuff about each story, it kind of bummed me out. So Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh, was a Raul Dahl book that Wes Anderson grew up with. Like it was like his favorite book. He wanted to adapt it. Uh, he went out with Noah Baumbach, who who I hate him. I hate his films. Like I watched one of his films, and it it made me so mad that like I would never watch his films again. And then I saw his name attached with Wes Anderson. I was like, fuck! I've been watching his films. Right. <laughs> He did a Ben Stiller movie called Greenberg that was just an absolute. I don't know. Maybe I need to. Re, maybe that's what this is for is to revisit that. But I remember just fucking hating that movie. But he he helped uh, Wes Anderson on the Fantastic Mr. Fox, and it was just neat to kind of dig into all the different shit about this. But the weird the, the the weird stuff that I found, I mean, I love the movie. Like, what's I had tried to watch it years ago and just couldn't get past uh George Clooney. Mm-hmm. That I figured out that was my problem watching it the first time because he's not a voice actor. He's just an actor. And so but his the way he comes across is the personality of the Fox. So he doesn't really give much. He's not someone who gives a lot to his voice acting. Like Jason Schwartzman seemed to be like the the more standout voice actor of this bunch. But as I talked with like Josh from my other podcast, he said, yeah, but, you know, Wes Anderson films, sometimes his characters are subdued like that. Sure. You know, um, but it was, uh, you know, it's a good kids flick, but it's weird because I don't see it like it's very. I don't know, like they added a beginning and end to it because the centerpiece is really the store, the child's book. And so, you know having the benefit of being a, you know, an acclaimed director, they were, uh, him and Noah were able to go onto the old, uh, Roald Dahl estate and write, uh, and uh, do everything from there. And while they were there, they discovered the, uh, unused ending. Oh, cool. From the book. And so that they, they, uh, plugged it in, into the movie. Um, he had a lot of neat, you know, things that were kind of like that added to the es- essence of the film. Like he wanted to use real animal hair on the puppets, which gives it that movement that you see in the animation because they have to touch it. It never just stays still. So there's always this kind of movement every time uh, the stop motion happens. Sure, sure. And, uh, um, you know, it's got, you know, Bill Murray, Owen Wilson. Uh, uh, like I said, Jason Schwartzman, his regular cast of characters, but uh, 
this was weird because this was like talked about in the er like like in the early 2000s there was like uh like you know uh he, not a lot of people were like dedicated to the internet yet right. and so there was like wes anderson rumors about stuff online so it was uh it was interesting because there was a uh his dp on uh fantastic mr fox had been uh interviewed and he talked about the production of it he goes he goes probably the hardest part was not having anderson on set like you know at at at, at the largest time because it's stop motion we we shot we were shooting like 28 scenes at once like we could have that many things going on and uh so it was weird to find that there was a wes anderson fandom that was rabid because after he said that you know it ca it came across like well wes anderson isn't a involved director he's not on set and it kind of came across like that so they asked him about that and anderson said i'm not even gonna address that that's that's just not that's not exact that's not what he's saying that's not the way it works so they come back to the dp and he said, look, I'm glad this is out here. I'm glad he didn't comment because maybe people will stop with the death threats. Like, yeah, he in the early days of the Internet, there was like these rabid Wes Anderson fans that were just like any news they could get, any stories that just kind of blew up. But because he had said these things, he got death threats. Uh, all the freaks out on uh, Ain't It Cool News. <laughs> probably yeah that was the, that was peak ain't it cool news yeah. i mean it really fucking was and it's great because i'm a fan of drew mcweeney who wrote for them and he and uh he does he does two um newsletters that you can subscribe to and he's probably like my one of my favorite writers of film for my for our generation uh man i remember meeting that ain't it cool news guy Oh yeah, uh, uh, South by South. The first South by Southwest. He was a. He thought he was something special. I laughed my ass off in front of his face. Yeah, he and that's the thing is like he he always wanted to claim you know I'm just a regular nerd like everyone else. But the early two thousands is when they started to figure out oh I can buy these people real easy. Oh yeah, and that and that was the beginning of the end of Ain't It Cool News yeah, because Paola Internet. Pale, yeah, they had, and I think it was what I think the movie was Godzilla too. I think it was like the first one that they started, but that was in the nineties though. There was one film that basically that they had paid for Harry to come out. Yeah, Harry was a real dick, man. Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard he, that a lot. He it, had all these sycophants around them too. It was just embarrassing, you know what I mean. Yeah, one of the recent newsletters that Drew talks about, like at working for Ain't It Cool News, he goes, he goes, like any film festival, it was, you know, uh, we weren't given enough money to to do anything. We were basically, you know, like we would go have a room, double up with someone, and that was it. You kind of had to just fend for yourself. And uh, yeah, he ha it's really, you know, I I love that guy because that guy has really kind of documented not only just the history of film. Uh, for our time period, but like the way things were produced and the way uh, the internet kind of took over. Uh, but like, like I said, I, I'm a big fan of Drew McQueenie, even though he came from Ain't It Cool News. I think he's always kept his shit uh, real. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, 
but it, yeah, in the end, Fantastic Mr. Fox, uh, you know, is one of those films where I feel like voice actors would have made a real world of difference. But then I, I, you could, because you're you're seeing the actors, and so when George Clooney comes on screen, you just hear George Clooney. Sure. Like, like I don't really hear, you know, um, the Meryl Streep plays Mrs. Fox. And uh, again, another internet rumor was that uh, Kate Blanchett was offered the role on the set of Life Aquatic. And uh, I read a story. He goes, he goes, um, I talked to her once about the role and uh, it was never offered to her. But somehow someone put it up on the internet that she was in the cast. And so it was there for years. And people said, that we weren't friends anymore because of the of of this and he goes the internet was just shit then you know he goes he uh, then? Then. <laughs> okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah then. um but then but then we went from a kids movie to crank to high voltage oh yeah I, yeah a, a true <laughs> hollywood classic <laughs> i fucking love it because shelby had never she she's like what's crank and i go the best thing about Crank 2 is you don't have to watch Crank 1. They basically try to validate having a sequel throughout the film by explaining the first film and how the guy's still alive. Uh-huh. <laughs> so for the uneducated uh, Jason Statham fans out there, Crank 1 is a film about a guy who has to keep his adrenaline high constantly or he'll die. It was so, and so stupid. So it is just action sequence after action sequence. Crank 2, like it made just a little bit of money, but it made enough money that they came back and said, hey, will you do a sequel? And the first movie ends with him falling out of a plane, fighting a guy, and then just hitting the concrete. Like oh, and he yeah. dies. Oh, he yeah. dies. Oh, yeah. So they bring him back. They scrape him off the pavement at the beginning of the film. and oh, basically. Sure. Throughout the film, they're explaining moments like Amy Smart has to explain, oh, yeah, I saw this video on the Internet where a guy fell out of plane and he hit the ground and he lived and he was, you know, all that happened was he broke a few legs like they keep kind of validating it. But I can say Crank 2 is the essence of the early 2000s film because it's so fucking weird that this movie got made. It is uh, it is misogynist it is uh <laughs> it is racist it is david carradine after playing kill bill plays an asian character in this in full asian makeup and accent oh boy he goes yeah. full mickey rooney <laughs> he goes full mickey rooney and there ba ling is in it Mm-hmm. And if you've ever seen Balling in a movie, then you know it's usually like, uh, you know, it's a, a B or C movie. Even though she's been in a Star Wars, she's she's like a B or C list actress. They had to subtitle all of her dialogue, <laughs> and I mean, it it sounded. I mean, she basically was like me so horny throughout the whole movie. Was kind of like her dialogue and and what to do and move move things along. Uh, Shelby could not watch it. She's just like visually, it is just not like appealing but these two directors had teamed up and they had been shooting like music videos and shit and had gotten to the point where they were using these home standard cameras so they could use they could buy a bunch of cameras and shoot them at once and so like as opposed to the like the matrix in 1999 where they do that the cool bullet effect with Mm -hmm. the cameras they don't do anything cool (laughs) 
with that effect. They had cameras on rails where they would shoot these moments, but they're not astounding or great. And basically the formula of Crank 2 is action sequences with like a minimal story that connects the next piece. So it's like it's like when Monty Python would do like their comedy films, they would have like a sketches that would sure. be tied together through like an animation moment. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Crank 2 gave her COVID. <laughs> uh, uh, the best thing I read about Crank 2 was Quentin Tarantino called it the Gremlins 2 of action films. Well, yeah, well, he may be right there. Yeah, well, he said it was just a commentary on the, on the uh, studios at the time, but they were making this in a response to the studios, but this is a shit film, like all the shots are very close up and they were the thing that got them the job though is they were doing these like kind of high def uh uh shots that people are kind of going oh this is cool new and different but when they do this film everything is so much like a tv movie that they aren't using the whole wide screen to its best effect right so uh but crank 2 is is jason statham amy smart dwight yoakam as the doctor who's going to save him. A whole bunch of prostitutes, a whole bunch of porn stars. There's porn look, stars. Look, Dwight Yoakam, he's he's an acting talent, man. He really is. Well, in this, all he does is describe... His, his purpose is to describe the plot. Like, oh, so they've taken your heart out and given you an artificial heart, so you need to get this to be able to do this. So he gives you the, you know, the essence to kind of move the plot along. Yeah, I met, uh, I met Dwight Yoakam one time. He He's kind of a fun guy. Yeah? Yeah, pretty good dude. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, there was something I kind of loved about it, but <laughs> because it was so ridiculous. Like, it was just, I feel like Crank 2, essence, the essence is the early 2000s. Like, there were a lot of really shit films that just got made because of either money or people. Crank 2 is that. Because the guys that made this really went on to make kind of not the best films. They did the Jonah Hex film. They did, I did like, they did Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance, the sequel, which was a lot better than the first one, which isn't saying much. But, uh... <laughs> It was weird going from Wes Anderson to this like full on action. Yeah, that's blood def guts film. definitely a different film. I tell you that. <laughs> what did you watch? Uh, I watched uh, District Nine. Oh yes. Yeah, totally fun film. Uh, you know, uh, it got made because uh, he made this little bitty short on the internet. You know, yeah. and so they said, hey, make a real movie. And he said, okay, I'll make a real movie. Uh, I but, love the lead actor in that. Oh, yeah. Sh uh, Chartal Coakley. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you ever see the show he did on PlayStation called Powers? Yes, because Powers is based on a comic book. Uh, yeah. Brian Michael Bendis. I did like the first episode and never watched it again. Yeah, I, th I watched the whole thing. I thought it was really good. Uh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. I'll have to track down a copy because, like, 
the first volume is like one of my favorite runs of that of the powers books but when i was watching it just looked like it looked like dc movies do now where everything was kind of green screen so it just looked like people were on on a blank set all the time and nothing was real and for that time period was like you i felt like you could do better because a lot of it was in police uh it was like a police procedural type film you know, uh, yeah it stuff. was uh it was a uh, free on playstation plus it was like a playstation's first uh tv show you know it was kind of weird but i enjoyed it it was a fun show uh yeah discord nine did you ever see uh what what other film was uh copley in he uh, was in the a-team well he was also in this uh hardcore harry oh he was in that too oh that, the first person movie that was kind of a cool film too yeah yeah it was way experimental but it's like i totally loved that perspective like hardcore harry and shoot him up have you ever seen shoot him up no or it's kind of in this in that same world it's like the end of doom yeah yeah i mean you're just fucking running and gunning uh shoot him up was a guy who uh was a i think i'm trying to remember the guy's name that's in it but it's uh i saw a this guy put together like w- uh, an idea for a film that was just basically like 30 seconds. He goes, the whole film's like going to be an action sequence yeah. and was able to get it built off of that. Yeah. But that was kind of cool. But I really like district nine. I, I like the fact that it's uh, playing with the politics of South, South Africa, Africa and yeah. stuff yeah. like that. It was a really good idea for a film, but yeah, yeah. I enjoyed the it- hell out of it. What's his name? Neil Blanc. How do you say his uh, last name? Blankoff or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of his last name. I I know that he had been wanting to do an alien sequel enough that he had pre-production art and stuff put together. Oh, cool. That 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 looks amazing. If you want to go online and look that stuff up, but like it never got made, and it was always like there's this there's the it's kind of like Dosky's Dune, you know yeah. this this rumor of all these things that it was uh, going to be about. Yeah, Jordowski's Dune would have been awesome. Did you ever see Santa Segre? No, I haven't. Fucking whoa. They have they have uh a melee retarded kids doing cocaine in that film. What the fuck? You have to see it, dude. Okay. I mean Where is it? it? Uh, I have no idea, but uh, <laughs> good luck finding it. But it's fucking crazy ass movie. Okay, shoot him up real quick. Shoot him up had Clive Owen and Monica Bellucci in it. That's and, oh, okay. and Paul Giamatti. It, the the director is Michael Davis. I don't know what he went on to do, but like this is like one of those films. It's like it's a one time worth seeing because it's cool the way they shot it, uh, and it's definitely I feel better. Well more well done than crank crank two or um uh hardcore harry shoot him up i'll i'll try to find it uh so i watched uh butterflies are free what is that uh goldie han and this other guy uh it's like in the early 70s 
Yeah. Real cool film. Uh, it's based on a play. It's Goldie Hawn, and she moves in next to this uh, blind guy. And they become friends, and uh, it's like how he's trying to go out on his own, and his mother's trying to keep him back, and, you know, pretty good film, you know. You enjoyed it, and uh, Goldie Hawn's not wearing much clothes the whole movie, so it's it, that's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it was one of her early films, and, uh, yeah. She had... What sucks it. is she had to do that, like in a lot of films, to get to like the Private Benjamins yeah. and the you know well, the, like her big movies. I mean, she was laughing, so she had to go through that shit, you know. Yeah, uh, which a lot of women had to do back, then. and they still do. And I mean, still do. Yeah, uh, but it, it's free on Tubi. I think it's worth watching. I rewatched uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah, Michelle Yao. Yeah, they have a whole Michelle Yao, uh, like 13 different action flicks of hers on Criterion. So I'm going through a bunch of those, and that's kind of fun. And then I watched the Jet Benny show. The Jet Benny show. Yeah, I sent you a link for it. Uh, Quentin Tarantino, uh, reviewed it and talked about it on his podcast. It's, it's fucking weird. It's like, a a Jack Benny is an, a Star Wars Clyde <laughs> and from 19, it's on YouTube, free on YouTube. Yeah. It's so fucking weird, man. Dude, yeah, like I saw the whole thing on YouTube now, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to check this out. Even the poster looks like it's just, you know, Star Trek or Star Wars. No, it's just weird. I mean, you you can't even describe how weird it is. I mean, it's not, it's very cheaply made, you know, but they have some kind of interesting ideas. And if you like weird cult, films worth watching you know worth checking out i will check that out it's weird because like not one person who worked on it has a wikipedia page well no they shouldn't (laughs) 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 and then i saw secretary okay yeah shelby saw you this is the first time you've ever seen it yeah okay it's one of her favorite films yeah it's it's good yeah, Spader. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Maggie, and the good uh, Hall. Maggie Gyllenhaal is really <laughs> good. Uh, and I uh, had a good time. It's kind of... Uh, uh, it, his name is Gray, but it's not based on the, the Gray books. Yeah. But yeah. it kind of is the same thing, but it yeah. isn't. But yeah, but it was a, it was a fun film. I think it's free I, free on uh, Tubi too. Yeah, I mean, you get her character is a little off. Oh yeah, and then but you think that Spader's character is just kind of that kind of guy, and More then you realize off. he is real off. Real like he, off. 
Yeah, her her off comes in quick. His takes kind of a while, and you're like, what? No, they're perfect together. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, match made in heaven. And then I'll rewatch Passengers. Okay. Let's Uh, talk about Passengers. Just kind of a weird film. Doesn't make a lot of sense. It does. Yeah, it it's Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence, and there's and the story is like he he's on this ship and somehow gets woken up while they're traveling through hyperspace, and so he's basically alone, and so it, it, to not be alone, he wakes her up. Right. That basically curses her to live with him on this journey, like she can never. Neither one can go back into hibernation sleep to go with the rest of the people. So she has to live with him, but she doesn't really find. Now I watch an edited one. There's, Mm -hmm. there's an edit that's online that you can find a copy of that. The story is told in a different sequence so that the reveal has more power to it. And so I enjoyed that one and was never curious to go back to the original cut. Mm Mm-hmm. So the original cut you didn't care for, and it doesn't really explain it. It's okay. Okay. I mean, it's just meh. Yeah. It's weird because it's like all this big space production for really a story about two people who are just trapped. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought the uh, bartender, uh, Michael Sheen. Yeah, he's always great. He's a robot. And it was kind of like uh, The The Shining. You know, uh, because in the shining, they're kind of trapped. Yeah, and and and, and going has, crazy. You know? Yeah, he's going crazy talking to the bartender, yeah. and then just that gives him the ideas. But instead of like he's trapped in space, so but he come he has to basically fabricate this story to wake her up to make her like. It's weird because he has all these people that he's basically kind of like to choose from and he chooses her so it's 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 just it's dark in that sense as well like just because she's pretty like he doesn't know who she is he doesn't know anything about her he just picks her and i mean you know she's jennifer lawrence obviously she's good looking you know yeah i mean i enjoyed it but you know it was it was okay you know yeah not the best but uh worth watching and then I saw Momentum. Momentum. It's on Tubi. It has uh, Olga Korchenko or something like that. Really fun action film and really, really a lot of fun. Uh, pretty. Oh yeah. Pretty fantastic. I don't. Oh, also Morgan Freeman and yeah. James uh, Purefoy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, a fun movie. It's uh, on Tubi, worth watching, you know. Uh, I don't think it uh, got a lot of, uh, made a lot of money or anything, but. No, it didn't even make a million dollars. But really worth checking out, man. I recommend it. So uh, James Purfoy is an assassin and his team pursue a professional thief in Cape Town, South Africa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fun film, man. I think you will like it. Uh, I went on to check out that the Jet the Jet Benny show. Yeah, Jet Benny. <laughs> I send you the link to that. Uh, uh, but yeah, really fun. And I finished watching The Stand. Okay, so in 
in the TV show, yeah, the end of the stand uh, or the ABC one, the end of the stand has the hand of God come down and destroy uh, uh, Las Vegas. Yeah. How does the how does it end in the this? Because the stand that one that's the only one I, problem I have with that is that the the hand of God shows up the literal hand of God shows up and launches the nukes. Uh, no, uh, 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 a lightning shows up and uh, zaps the devil and sets up a nuke. Uh, okay. Same thing, but there's no hand. So Zeus, different god. Whatever. <laughs> god, this god, that god. I mean, I mean, it was fun, fun, okay. fun. Uh, it's free. I have Paramount, so I'll watch it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm always tempted Nothing, to watch it, but the, I think I, I'd rather read the book. Maybe I don't know. The book I read when I was a kid, you know. Well, and you know, in the the ending after all the nukes and everything is that uh, there is a, uh, uh, tribes that are out in other parts of the world and he rises, the devil rises from there and yeah, creates it, society. Yeah. That, that's the same thing in the, this show at the end of the show. Oh, yeah. They do show, Cause they don't do that in the ABC. Yeah. One. Yeah. He shows up in uh, front of the tribes and, uh, rises up in front of them and, uh, makes, wow. them, makes them worship him. <laughs> you know, so I mean, it was kind of fun. Uh, good acting. Uh, uh, you know, fun time. Yeah, worth watching. And then, oh, good. Yeah, well, last night because Shelby uh, got the COVID, we had to watch. We watched the same movie from separate rooms. We we revisited the craft from '95. Oh yeah, and it was weird going back and reading that. How that was the movie that they claimed. Like, what if we had these goth girls as the stars? Because they were saying goth hadn't become mainstream. But I remember fucking in the in the '80s, like girls at my school that were dressed like they were you know, goth and had that look. Dude, I dated a bunch of goth girls because they were easy. <laughs> I, I'm serious. If oh, you got really? a goth girl, they put out, they put the fuck out. <laughs> That's wild. We had, we had a goth girl. I, I mean, she was like hardcore that I went to high school with. Oh but she yeah. Was, she was definitely raised... hardcore. Well, I mean, she, uh, I can't remember what religion she was. Cause she was, she was telling us how like at home, she doesn't celebrate any birthdays, you know, her religion. I want to say it was like maybe seventh day Adventist or some shit like that. Do they do birthdays? Uh, no. I, I, it's not, it's, it's the people that come to your door. Who are they? Oh yeah. The watchtower people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's them that don't that, do birthdays. Yeah, so that fucking cult. So she, she was her parents were a part of that. So she couldn't do anything. So this was like, I think her her rebellion was oh, yeah. just this the goth look and the pale look. And... Uh, the 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 rebellion I had was three goth girls at once. Holy fuck! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, rebellion. I'm gonna mark that on your bingo card. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, it's definitely checked off my bucket list, man. <laughs> uh, but the craft is the craft is is what is a film that has stood the test of time mainly because of um, 
it was uh, one of the rare films that had four female leads. Like yeah. you just didn't have a whole lot of female-led films like back then. And the fact that they were that they were, you know, these girls who were in high school that practiced witchcraft that gave them the R rating. They kept trying to make, they were trying to make this for teens. And so they were trying to get it down to PG 13, but they said, well, it has witchcraft in it. So R yeah. Satanic panic. Exactly. Still lasting through the nineties, a bunch of bullshit, but all those, uh, I think I'm pretty sure all those actresses are, were still successful. I mean, they all went on to do other things. Rachel true was in half baked. Sure. Uh, I I've seen her online. She's huge into tarot. Uh, and, uh, even for, for um, uh, she bought the, there was a, uh, person who counseled on the film that was part of the, uh, do we need to cut? Oh no. No. That was, uh, that, that had like a tarot shop and she bought it at the time mm-hmm. and had it, had it for years. And so people always said that she was, oh, well, she was pagan. She practiced these witchcraft rituals in real life. She's like, I owned a shop. It was a Jesus, business. <laughs> I was making money. But I will tell crazy. you, I, I, we, we've talked about this before, that film um, uh, that's the documentary about the island of Dr. Moreau. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's in that because she was in the Dr. Moreau film, and she, and she, she was just in awe of the director. So all of her scenes in that I always remember because she was just like, fascinated by this guy and his vision and so like while everyone else is kind of going this guy was crazy and disappeared in the woods she's like this guy is an artist (laughs) and i loved her take because it gave so much of a different bend on the film so i watched uh spring breakers oh no okay let's talk about this film I really did. Speaking of uh, women uh, uh, leads. Yeah, but they're <laughs> all just in bikinis the whole fucking film. Yeah, that, that's one of the reasons I liked it. <laughs> Are you a fan of the director? Uh, uh, I really like Gummo. Okay. I don't like any of his films except Kids. Gummo is fucking weird. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, Kids is a fucking amazing if you go back and look at the cast in that fucking film because uh, Rosaria Dawson comes out of there. Like her first film is Kids, but he's just a weird dude, and Uh, I think he was he was born with money, and so he's just been able to like make whatever he's want, and the weirder. kind of draws people in so he was able to get this this i mean is this maybe his most mainstream film yeah uh have you seen his interviews on letterman i was gonna say his interviews on letterman are crazy are crazy that they're up there with uh crispin glover yeah on the level of crazy but yeah that guy i think it just makes me mad is this guy it, it, it has fucking money to make movies, and he make he chooses to make movies like this. Yeah, but it has Selena Gomez in it. Yeah, Selena Gomez, Vanessa Hutchins, uh, Ashley Benson, and uh, uh, Rachel Courtney. Yeah, think his sister. His sister. Yeah, yeah, but I, I I enjoyed it. I had a fun time. Franco is fucking weirdo, man. Well, that Franco, his character is based on a real person. Yeah. Have you seen the guy it's based yeah. on? Yeah, yeah. Fuck, fuck, fucking crazy shit. 
Yeah, it's like going, I found someone who's just fucking weird enough I'm going to base a movie on him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had a fun time. I had a fun time because the <laughs> girls end up killing all the mobsters. <laughs> uh, well, shit. I mean, I mean, Death Proof. That 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 has the same interest, yeah. but it's a fun, it's a funner trip. Yeah, I, lo- I love when I pull up a movie and it says people ask, "What was the point of the movie Spring Breakers?" <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Make some money. Uh, so uh, I started watching Succession. Okay, how is that? Because I do love Brian Cox, but it looks like it's just rich people problems. Yeah. I'm enjoying it, you know. Okay. I, I like uh, good acting, good actors. Alan Ruck is uh, great, you know. Come in, come on. I love Alan Ruck. He uh, he did one of the local cons back in the day when it was like uh, really small, uh-huh. and um, I and I you know I just in awe because you know he's been one of the actors that's been in like Ferris Bueller and. Spin City and all these different things that I've enjoyed for throughout the years. And I said, what was your best and worst day on set? And he talked about like when he was at Spin City, Bill Lawrence ran that show, Bill Lawrence, who did uh, shows like Scrubs and, right. and stuff. And he said, I was incredibly sick. Like he had some sort of kidney problem. He goes, that entire cast and crew worked around it. So I could sit at a desk medicated and work and not have to get up because it was so painful and everything. And he goes, it was it was the best and worst day at once because I got to see a lot of people come together for me who was just a guy showing up to work. Right. Well, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, he was very humbled by that. Yeah, I don't have much that I've been watching other than, than those. Uh, Shelby started doing an Ugly Betty binge so I've been watching some of that. That's pretty good, but I've just been watching a lot of reality trash. I haven't dedicated myself to any new movies or anything. I'm already ready for 2010. You got some more movies from 2009 or from this week? Uh, yeah. Uh, so I watched uh, Tenebrae, uh, Argento film. Uh, oh, it's on Shutter. Uh, I think. Uh, uh, what was it? 1982. A uh, pretty fun film. Yeah. Uh, it has David or John Saxon in it. <laughs> mm. Yes. Uh, Nancy's dad. From, yeah. Uh, Friday. <laughs> He'll always be Nancy's dad from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street for me. I know he did a lot of action films, but he's he, that Gen X protector dad. He did Bruce Lee movies. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, and he did them better than Chuck Norris. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, John Saxon's kind of fun. And then this morning, oh, God. Oh, boy. I watched uh, Mark Hamill in Time Runner. Oh, no. This is not good. This is not good. Yeah, That may be one of the worst films I've ever seen. I know. I really wanted Mark Hamill to be like this breakout action star that like never really happened after star Wars. Like the films he, he did well, just didn't take off. Uh, because he, because of the accident, yeah. he, he lost his looks and, uh, could never be leading man again. Uh, luck- oh. luckily he became a voice actor, you know? 
I mean, the Joker is iconic. His Joker is so fucking good that people talk about it with the live action actors. Sure, sure. No, I agree. Yeah, Time Runner is terrible. <laughs> I always like looking it up and seeing like the ratings and where you, yeah, it's free on Tubi. It's free on YouTube. Yeah, it should be free everywhere. <laughs> A four out of ten on IMDb. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> Ray Don Sean is even bad. And I oh, like I like her in a lot of stuff, you know. I, I know she brings like there's this aura about her that's just joyful. Yeah. Even when she's in shit movies like Soul Man. Yeah, but she this she's really, really bad in this too. I think it has Brian Jones though. I think Brian Jones. Brian Jones, yeah, I see that. Yeah. He's oh. he's pretty fun in most films. Oh, yeah, because he's one of the replicants in yeah. uh, uh, Blade Runner. He, time to die. Yeah, yeah. He, and uh, what movie was he in? Uh, well, he's been in all kinds of sci-fi films, you know. Uh, and that's uh, what I've been watching. Oh, I have a story. Denzel Washington's going to be in Gladiator 2. Yeah, I heard about this, and the fact that they're calling it Gladiator 2 is just Think, a come, weird... Come on, uh, kill yourself, Ridley Scott. <laughs> just just pull the trigger. Oh, that reminds me, I gotta tell you this fucked up dream I had, man. Oh, uh, okay. So, uh, a buddy of mine came into town and uh, uh, gave me some edibles. Yeah, and and, and gave uh, Shelby COVID. <laughs> Well, he did come from Florida, so who knows what it could be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, he didn't. He he uh, he he gave me some edibles, and it's so like that. I'm I, surprised I like, he didn't give you crystal meth. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Florida only. They don't like that shit to get out of the oh, state. Yeah. No. That's true. And you can get that at any carnival. Come oh, on yeah. now. Oh yeah. Um. And so I, it's I've finally been able to like sleep and dream oh. and like. Cool. And and feel better. But like the first night I had this weird fucking dream of that was like Groundhog Day. And it was basically I was stuck at in like my last job, like an office job that I would come in and have to do like the same thing over and over again. And then what I what a nightmare. Yeah. But then I figured out how to hack it. Because uh-huh. we because we live in a simulation. Oh well, yeah. Elon Musk told me. That. <laughs> so so I I start hacking the system that is making me do this fucking job over and over again, and uh, this face comes out of the sky like pissed off that I had messed with like the engineer out of the Matrix is like looking down from the sky of and mad that I had broken his system and hacked it to where I didn't have to do this shitty work all the time. And it was just a fucking wild dream because it was so vivid. Like I could remember so much right away and just seeing the giant head come out of the sky was like trippy as fuck, but I hadn't been able to sleep really well or dream at all. Like, um, uh, so it was real fucked up to kind of have all that shit happen at once. But uh, yeah, yeah, my dream says we live in a simulation. There's a giant man in the sky who's really pissed off if you just don't work for him. 
I'm still try, trying to have that dream about the three goth girls. <laughs> Maybe fall asleep with the craft on in the background and oh, see what happens. Yeah, good idea. Uh, so, uh, 2010 is going to be our last year uh, yes. to do movies. And, yes. Uh, what What are you going to watch for 2010? I am going to watch The Losers. Mm-hmm. and Scott Pilgrim. Oh, okay. Yeah, The Losers I'm watching because it was a comic book it was a comic book that I loved that was adapted to film and it it came out the same time as The Expendables and The A Team. So it was like these groups of people and I feel like The Losers was the better film. Mm-hmm. Uh and cuz I saw The A Team and it was just a massive piece of shit. Ooh, but yeah. like that Copley guy played uh, the the mad the mad guy the crazy guy. Uh, didn't have Kimbo Slice. Kimbo Slice was uh, <laughs> B. A. Baracus. Yeah, and it's it, Liam, Neeson, <laughs> Liam Neeson is 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 uh, the guy running the thing. Face, Face. is Bradley Cooper. Jesus, but I, I have and a, now, I have a, Jessica Biel's in that. I have a copy, but I'm not gonna watch it. Dude, I remember watching it, and it was just like they no one wrote it. That they took like two epi- two old episodes of the TV show and put it together, and it was that bad. But then it, even the Expendables is it, though is not great, and the only people I feel like the ex- watch the Expendables movies are watching it for nostalgia because at oh, this yeah. point at twenty ten, your your Bruce Willis, your your uh, Sylvester Stallone, your Arnold, they're fading actors. No, no, I've watched. Fading action, action uh, I've watched all the Expendables, but uh, I mean, eh. yeah, eh. Uh, <laughs> Smoking Aces Two is a 2010 film. Fuck that, man. But but I have been asking. I've been asking my friends about Gen X films and what they like their opinions, and and I'm kind of. I'm kind of concerned because one of my friends said that he felt this was the most Gen X film and it's a 2010 film grown ups. And I just can't bring myself to nah. watch those fucking no Adam Sandler films because they're just rehashed old jokes now. And, and again, this is one, maybe I need to force myself to watch it, nah. but I can't think that any Rob Schneider film is good. No, thank you. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just when I hear my friends say that that's like they they connect with that film. I'm like, fucking really, really. Well, we'll go connect with it by yourself. I'm gonna, mean, it, I'm gonna hang out with these three goth girls. Yeah. Well, it made me sad because when you watch it, Kevin James is playing the Chris Farley role. You you know that that's the thing. Of course. And that and and. Uh, and and that's what when I was watching the uh, first two movies that bummed me out about watching Fantastic Mr. Fox uh, and Crank Two. Fantastic Mr. Fox uh, was written by Roald Dahl when he had one ki- one of his kids already die, and his second kid had been in a car accident and was gonna die. Yeah, and, so, and now uh, they're trying to rewrite write all this shit. Yeah, they're trying to rewrite it because he was anti-Semitic, and they're taking out they're taking out words like fat. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so the kid that goes to uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, uh, Olaf or whatever his name is, they're like, they won't refer to him as fat. 
Yeah, it's just gonna be gravity challenged. Yeah. And when I watched Crank 2, uh Corey Haim shows up in it, and I was like, fuck, this had to be one of his last films. And it was. Mm-hmm. And it was just a bummer trying to go through <laughs> and find out his last films through his Wikipedia. Such a sad life for a Gen Xer to just be eaten up by Hollywood and then just drugged out and dead. So I'm going to watch Black Swan. Dude, that's a great one. Good movie. That is a great fucking film. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that in the theater. Yeah, yeah. Pretty good film. Amazing. Me me, me and my buddy Terry, we were going to go see Green Hornet. They were doing a sneak preview at the theater. So we went to Gloria's and got loaded on uh, those cheap margaritas. Oh, yeah. And just fucking ate ate great Mexican food. We walk over, but there was a line out of the building to see Green Hornet because this was... Why? Yeah, I, exactly, exactly, because it's such a shitty film. And so he's like, I'm not standing for this. They even said, like, look, the pretty much all we can seat will be the people up here, so unless people leave, you, you guys won't have a chance. Well, he goes, I'm taking off, and I go, well, I'm going to find a movie. So I just wandered through, and... Uh, Black Swan had just started, so I just sat down, and that movie was trippy as fuck because I was I was drunk as hell, and as things started moving, I didn't know if it was me or the movie. Right, right, yeah, it's just amazing film, and uh, um, oh, what's her name? I I forget. Uh, oh, Natalie Portman. Yeah, she she trained so much to get that role because. She is in amazing shape for that role. Just dude, those and, ballerina and, things. And Mila Kunis is just awesome, and it's just a good film, man. Yeah, it's just these it, and Winona Ryder. Yeah, yeah, they, they, it, it's like this battle of people like age and beauty and talent and skill and being a ballerina, and then just the self abuse. To be that good. Well, and we'll, how it fucks we'll, your mind. we'll talk about it next week on the show. All right, then. Later, Gator. Later. Later. <laughs>